Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend here, talented filmmaker and entrepreneur, Sang Nguyen. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I've been following along, dude. I'm super like, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I've never really been interviewed on a podcast before. So this is uh, something new for me. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. It's my pleasure. Uh, you know, to give you guys some context, some background, uh, Sang and I met uh, at a store I used to work to, at called Bell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we uh, crossed paths only once, but uh, we always uh, made an impression on each other, right? We talked about uh, film, we talked about our passions, and we talked about the importance of pursuing and following your heart, really. And I think that's what always uh, kind of stayed with me ever since our interaction. So uh, I thought of you immediately uh, when I did these podcasts. I uh, took some inspiration, I'll be honest, uh, with the podcast you started called Sunday with the Boys with you and your friends, which needs to uh, see a major return. Uh, I know the pandemic has been hard because you, your style is a bit different. Uh, it's a bit out in the open, uh, interviewing pedestrians and things like that. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that uh, later on in the conversation. Nevertheless, really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, you're a videographer, you're a filmmaker, and I enjoyed your hustle. I've always enjoyed you like grinding it out, um, you know, keeping at it uh, on Instagram and your whole like mentality towards the craft, right? It's about uh, pursuing your own, your, your own, carving your own path. You know what I mean? Like not settling for like a nine to five or not settling for something that uh, you need to conform to uh, that you can't really explore yourself creatively. So I want to know, man, uh, with this career, this profession, why, why did you pursue it? What, 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 what was it about it? Well, I mean, I guess I could start from the beginning. Like, I mean, of course, you mentioned how we met at Val. Like, um, yes, of course. Had, we met at Val, and I've worked there up until about three months ago when they shut down my store. I kept it on the side part-time, even though I was pursuing my full-time career. Like, nice. I, I, was in an, I was in a place where I was able to keep it a day a week, a day or two a week, even if I was traveling the world, I was able to come back to it. Um, but I think time finally came through and they shut down my store. So I was like, you know what? I think that's a sign. What um, store was this, buddy? Uh, Woodbine, Bell Woodbine. So oh, what, oh, they Bell. ended up shutting I, it down because yeah, of the pandemic sold. probably, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah. whatever the reason is, they, they, they shut down the store. They tried to move me to a higher volume store. They didn't want to keep my uh, availability because I had like a very yeah. special availability that I set. Of course, and, I remember that. Uh, yeah. I was just like, I was like, you know what? Um, I can't do this anymore, you know, and, and, and I went from working like every single day from when I was a PA till now until like three months ago uh, to now just being a full time freelancer. But in I terms see. of how I got started, I mean, uh, when I was in high school, I was a drama kid. I thought I was going to be an actor. I thought okay. I was going to be like some sort of like famous actor. Um, right. And uh, I was on improv. I did a couple of school plays. Um, and then pretty much I was doing uh, the high school, like the media yearbook, like the video yearbook. Mm -hmm. And we were like videographers. We had like a shitty media class that I really, really enjoyed. <laughs> it was like, because yeah. my school wasn't like an art school. We had like handy cams. And we had this like, like intro to media class. We, I exactly. Like the history of media or something. Yeah. 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 And um, so pretty much we picked up the camera. We shot like video yearbook stuff. We went to like baseball games, football games. And, and you know, me and my best friend, Tex, who's like a stand-up comedian. Um, uh, back in the day, we used to MC like talent shows. We used to MC like events at school. And we were just like really larger than life personalities. Um, I think when, after I graduated high school, um, you know, I did a co-op placement at a, a place called Out There with Melissa 
uh, with Melissa DeMarco. And it was like okay. this local small um, city TV show. And I was like logging tapes and I was like dragging like sticks around for a camera guy. And um, after that, um, that was kind of when I was like, you know what, maybe I can pursue this. Like, like maybe I could do this as like a job. You know what I mean? Right. I, I was dreaming of you know, being an actor, but then I was like, oh, I can create content and it was this weird thing so uh you know i was looking at film schools and i applied at like you know toronto film school vancouver film school but then i decided to go the more traditional route because one it was cheaper <clears throat> and two right. um like you know the, the the private schools are great but they're super expensive right yeah um, and you can't get osap to go to private schools i don't think so i'm not too sure uh, yeah there might be some yeah yeah but i ended up going to humber college for their film and television program and like honestly um, you don't great program oh, amazing heard. yeah i heard of, i heard of, that's a that's a pretty good program yeah uh, yeah, go it's, yeah it's one of the best programs in terms of uh like uh what they teach you because they have like uh industry like people who work in industry like myself and uh, they really teach a union setting so it's, yeah. it's film and television production they're more based on like bigger sets and they teach you how to like do your role what i do now isn't necessarily the union but uh you know i learned a lot from there um, nice. But yeah, and then I went to Humber and I did my three years and it was like the best time I've ever had. I made some of my best friends I've ever had um, because the thing is what I tell everybody, unless you're making your own short films, unless you're like picking up a camera, unless you're, you're um, you know, a, a one man band or, you know, you and your buddies making a video. This is, the, this is in film school is probably the only time you'll ever make a film with your buddies without like um, any kind of external conflict like you're making student films and they're fun and, and it's such a great learning environment so yeah I went right. to Humber but you don't but you don't need to go to film school to get into the business that's what I tell everybody right right you have right a good work ethic <laughs> you have a good attitude and uh, you show up on time that's really it and you can take instructions that's the main thing about this business is like show up on time have a good attitude and like and be attentive and those are the qualities that they look for when you're in this business yeah no for sure and I'm so glad you said that because I always been following my podcast thus far i uh always talk about tarantino being my hero and people probably are getting annoyed but i love him and uh he uh he says uh he's my hero for that reason because he's like if you're truly passionate about making making uh a film you can't help if you're truly passionate about film you can't help but make a good good one and i really take that to heart because i never went to film school um, i went to marketing uh i went to ryerson sorry for uh marketing management and, you know, regarding, you know, film school, it just never was on my radar. And even when I did try to apply, I think to York for screenwriting, I didn't get in because my portfolio wasn't strong enough or uh, I, I, maybe I didn't take it as serious, but um, exactly what you said, man. And that's with anything in life. People don't realize, I talk about it with my buddies that are pursuing the entrepreneur, uh, you know, journey is showing up. Uh, people take it lightly. People don't really take it serious, but that idea of like you just said, just showing up, even if you're not, obviously it helps, it benefits you if you're prepared. But sometimes maybe you're not fully prepared, but you won't know unless you're there. And then when you show up, you fall and you make mistakes. And then you say, okay, for the next time, I'm going to be prepared in this area. And then you go back. But a lot of people won't even make that first step, won't even like show up. I've been on so many <laughs> sets or situations where um, I didn't want to go for whatever reason. Maybe I had a personal anxiety attack or because I just felt like I was an imposter, like I didn't belong. I didn't go to film school, whatever have you. But I still showed up anyway. And yeah, there was times when I was either embarrassed because I didn't know uh, the terminology or, you know, I wasn't really feeling uh, comfortable because people knew more than me. But then I went home that day and I said, hey, at least I showed up. How many people were, you know, fearful of e even making that first step, right? And that's something that if anyone's listening to this or if anyone has a, you know, some 
curiosity of entering the film industry or the creative industry for that matter is that's all it is, is showing up. That's the hardest part, believe it or not. Everything else will follow. Everything else will come out of passion, but showing up is the hardest part. Showing up on time. On time. And showing up on time, yes, of course. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's key. Yeah. But yeah, and I feel you, man. Like it's, 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 this business isn't for everybody because like there's a lot of people who come into this business and they're like, yeah, I want to work. It's, it's not for everybody. It, the hours are long. Um, yeah. you know, you, you, you get taken away from your friends and family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you're working in the city, like, you know, I have friends on union shows and they call it golden handcuffs because they'll keep you there for, you'll get paid, but they'll keep you there for 16 hours. They'll turn you around in eight hours. You'll get paid for it all. But like, what kind of life is that when you're doing that for three months? You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And, and then a lot of, a lot of times, like, you know, you might work a five day week at like 12, 13, 14 hours a day on Saturday when it's your day off or whatever the case is, you don't have any energy to clean your house, to hang out with your girl, take your kids out. Like it, it takes a lot. <laughs> exactly. the, the divorce rate in this business is so high. So it does take a very special somebody to do it. And I'm not going to say it's for everybody. Right. Um, but if you have a passion and you, and, and you know, you want to, you want, and there are benefits to the business too, right? There's pros and cons, right? Of course. Like, yeah. Like with anything. Business, yeah. With anything in life. You have to yeah, sacrifice no. a bit to, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, and, and you know what? I, I feel it sometimes too. Like even when I do, you know, just pursuing the path, like I was telling you earlier, you know, just starting a company and trying to get work. Um, it's not uh, nine to five, you know, it's, it's not consistent hours. In fact, I went to bed last night at midnight, one o'clock in the morning uh, because I'm just like working. I'm always thinking of stuff to do, whether it's creating content, whether it's thinking of a new idea, yeah. jotting down notes. Um, and it can put a strain on you. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, but you got to love it. Like, that's why it, it definitely like took a toll. I think the last lockdown didn't help me. Um, it really affected me. I don't know if you could say the same for yourself with the pandemic. I remember you posting a few times about I like, mean, I, I mean, with the pandemic, like for me, it was a chance for, for me specifically. I don't know, but it was a chance right. for me to hit pause because the way it worked was right before the pandemic happened. I was on a, I was shooting a TV show called extreme ice machines and we right. were all the way in Yellowknife while they were locking down the country. And uh, you know, we were shooting with the military and this and that. And we were in like Resolute Bay and we were shooting these giant planes that like fly into the Arctic delivering things. But the, th the, the thing about it is up to that point, as you know, I was working bow and doing TV. So I would, let's say if I was on, on a travel show, I'd travel for eight days. I'd have to come back and put in my hours. So I wow. wasn't stopping. I'd go eight days, come back, work three days, go eight days, come back, work two days. Go yeah, you were days, burnt. Yeah. I, I, and, and I did that. And that at that point, it was like almost four years, four or five years of that. Wow, man. Like yeah. nonstop. And That's what like, you mean, but you have to be a special somebody. For yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I was kind of like, you know, some people call me, like my girlfriend will call me a workaholic, this and that. But I was just yeah. hustling, right? Because no, I didn't sure. know, know any, anything else. So the pandemic pumped the brakes for me. You know, everything stopped. Like that day I got back, we landed at five o'clock at Pearson. We were, my girlfriend came to pick me up. The highways were empty. The next couple of days, I got a chance to really reflect and, and look within and, and, and figure out what, um, you know, what really mattered, right? And, and, you know, I was so fortunate enough that I was picked to work at like a pandemic store. So I worked like three days a week while the pandemic was going. And, and then I started like exercising, meditating, doing yoga, all that kind of stuff. And it kind of put me in a place to come out of it better. Right. For me personally, I know not everybody had the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to take a step back from the business for a second without any worry or any, um, 
stress or and like thinking, oh, <clears throat> because because we're freelancers, when you turn down jobs, uh, you yeah, know, for sure. Oh, will they call me back? You yeah. know what I mean? Or will I find another job? Or will what, I find another job? Or until the next job, what am I doing <laughs> in the and meantime? Right? Because I was such a I was such an anxious person, and I was like you know early in my career, it's like okay, like okay, oh, where's my next job? I would be like you know in between work, and I'd be at Bell for like let's say two three weeks, and I'd be like ah. Oh, man, like, like, oh, where, where am I going to get my next job? I'm going to be stuck at the store forever. Um, and that was really, really toxic and really sick. And, and then I think during the pandemic, I got a chance to breathe and really work yeah. through what was making me feel that way and things like that. Um, you know, I really got a chance to reset my brain. And then, you know, as things started cranking up again, um, I learned to get over that anxiety. And, and now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I go with it, right? That's so good, that, man. That's, that was yeah. it for me. That was what it was for me. But right, I right. Really speak upon you or anybody else, right? No, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I went, I went through a similar experience uh, with what exactly what you said uh, when the first, when the pandemic first hit, uh, the first few months. I remember just like freaking out because I was saying to myself, because I, I left Bell and then like end of 2019, so January 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this business, 94 Productions. Obviously, I'm not going to make a million dollars, but let me see where I can go with this, right? It'll keep me busy, something I look forward to. And three months later, lined up all my clients, ended up shooting a video one for one client. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh no. And I didn't know how severe the situation would be, how long it would last. And I just remember every month it was like going into like April, May. And I was like this uncertainty and that feeling, because I've never been a freelancer before in my life. I always had a steady job. <laughs> so I was, so this between the pandemic and between my thoughts, uh, it was just creating all this uh, anxiety, right? Unwanted uh, stress. And then I think it was around the summer, that's when things turned around. Things were still bad, but the cases lowered. And I was able to, uh, you know, shoot a short film and, uh, you know, direct one of my short film, first short films and do some client work, whatever. Um, and it was pretty, pretty consistent, I should say. I think I just mentioned the last lockdown is um, because, uh, as you know, like with freelance work, I'm sure you weren't affected because you're dealing more with, professional uh kind of like high budget high production value right like that it's protected but i'm doing also not that they're not professional it's just that a lot of it is your own kind of creative work right um expanding portfolios or whether it's a, for a client uh that's willing to give you money and being shut down right like you know I, I still remember i had to postpone a project for two months um i don't know it really put a damper right it, it kind of threw off the the momentum a bit right so it was a lot of like uh, give and take, but at the same time, you know, you, you got to like come out of it. You got to come out of it stronger, like you were saying, right? Uh, there's a lot of people I hear like talk about post-pandemic stress. <laughs> so like coming back to like the real world or normal life, right? Yeah. So um, I guess you're, you're doing fine with that. Like you're, you're, you're uh, yeah, adjusted. Man, like, like, like for me, it wasn't, there was no pandemic. Like, I mean, there was a pandemic, but for me, yes, I yes. was working through the whole, like I said, I was at a pandemic store. So like we were like an essential store. And I was Which store was this, by the way? Uh, this was Bell Stockyards, actually. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They stay like, open. The little yeah, engine that could. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're storefronts, right? So like part of the right. like COVID policies was like storefronts, lock the front door. And uh, it was a, such a special opportunity for me because the manager there was my previous manager. My little brother worked there as I got That's my nice. little brother a job there. There you um, go. The craziest thing ever is that like, siblings aren't allowed to work with each other. But because no, of the no. circumstances and because I worked with the company for so long because of my proven track record because I was a of former 
Um, of course. They allowed it. And yeah. so me and my little brother got to work together, which was like probably the most awesome experience ever. Cause like, that's you know, great. Like, you know, made your relationships like, stronger with each other. Right. Oh, you guys bonded right through the, through yeah, the, through the job. Yeah, exactly. And it, and and it little, helps. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying it helps your I'm mental little, health. Right. Yeah. 100%, I'm a little older than him. Um, so right. we were never like really close growing of up. Course, of course, of course. Older than him. Right, um, right. But yeah, I worked through that. And then right as the pandemic kind of like, right as things kind of start opening up again, um, the uh, like film regulations, as you said, because I work for production companies. I work for like yeah. big TV shows um, yeah. for like Discovery Channel, CBC, HGTV, uh, Global. Like it's just all TV shows I work on, like right. more factual lifestyle TV. So they got the green light as long as they had like COVID compliance officers, COVID rules, you'd have to like follow this and like wear like a face shield on set, wear a mask. And like, like after the first like lockdown, like the union was skyrocketing. Yeah. They just were so busy. And even like from that moment till now, it's just like, it's been. It's just it's steady. Been- so the lockdowns yeah. never affected you because the media industry is considered essential, right? It was, it, it was only the two or three months that it was like, everyone was like, you know, yeah, they didn't yeah. know what was going on when like, right. you know, freelancers are kind of out and it was a slow progression, but as it got up, like, once again, I can only speak to myself where I work on bigger TV shows, but like little, like people who do a lot of travel, they got kiboshed. People like yourself who are like more independent contractor, uh, local mm-hmm. business fake, ki- kiboshed. Passion projects, yeah. kiboshed. PSAs, kiboshed. If you didn't have like a big budget, like over yeah. you know 100,000 200,000 for your project they they cut it right because you had to uh adhere to the rules right so once again this is kind of coming from me and I can you know talk oh you know I was doing so good but there were so many people who suffered right 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 of course yeah and very much so I talked to a lot of like people in the business who did take that break and they um you know their productivity is what they uh was with what their productivity was their worth and they had to reevaluate too. We're talking about like 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 45 year olds. Oh, I believe it. I mean, yeah, because they've been in for the business a long time. Yeah. Been, and they have to adjust doing, their life. Yeah. And and they base their worth on their productivity and how many jobs they got and how much money they made. So right. these all these guys, sound guys, camera guys, all had to sit there and, and figure it out. Yeah. We're fortunate enough where we're like millennials and we get therapy, we get um, you know, this idea of self-help, but like people who are older who don't have that mentality, we're yeah, like, for we're sure. having a much harder time, right? Yeah, so yeah, I'm, we're definitely open for that. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're lucky, right? We're lucky that our mindset's like that. But I know a lot of people who suffered and <clears throat> things are get things are really busy right now, like in terms of the business. Uh, like like there's a lot of film shooting, IATSE's like going crazy, a lot of American uh like like scripted shows are here. Yeah, like, yeah, for um, sure. The boys are shooting here. I know like uh, Jason Momoa was in Toronto for like a year shooting like C like it's, yeah. it's, it's busy it's busy yeah yeah for sure yeah business is good for and then that's that's all we can ask for right like especially if we're in the entertainment business and that's what I love about Toronto it's become a hub right it's a uh, kind of a central point a lot of people are coming here to make uh make content um I wanted to go back to like videography so you said you're working at PA so how did you transition uh to become oh. a videographer oh, yeah like okay. how Oh man. So, um, so in film school, I didn't actually take any camera courses. So like okay. you stream in film school. So like you, like you're a sound person, you're an editor, you know, you kind of stream. Yeah. You touch on the different projects. Like. Yeah. It's different rules. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, you know, in your first and second year, you kind of do a little bit of everything, but, uh, in third year, that's when you, when you, when you, uh, you know, dive in. Right. And I never, right wanted to shoot dude like I never had like I always thought that I didn't have an eye I always thought and I still don't 
Um, and I can be taught, you know, like you can, you can right. teach someone how to frame properly. You can teach someone how to expose properly. But I think that extra 10, 15% is skill. And right. that's what makes a UFC champion. That's what makes the best yeah. soccer player in the world. Like exactly. it's a natural born talent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't believe I have that. And, and, and I know mm. that, but can I make a nice frame? Sure. Can I make yeah. it exposed? Sure. If a director yeah. tells me, hey, can you move it this way? Can I do it? Of course. No problem. But I would yeah. not consider myself like a cinematographer or like a, like a DP in any regards. Can right. I do little, can I make it look cool? Sure. Right. So right. that's my preamble, but I didn't take any camera courses. I didn't right. take any camera courses in film school. I took production management. I took transmedia development and I took script writing. Uh, so mm. I was aiming to be a producer, right? That's mm. kind of my trajectory. Uh, my One of my really good friends in film school, Darren Day, got me a, a internship at this company called Forte Entertainment. Nice. And uh, they were looking for PAs. They really liked us. They hired me as a driver PA. My first job was getting coffee, driving people around, getting releases. And we were shooting a TV show at the airport called Hello Goodbye. And it was all about hellos and goodbyes in the airport. And my job was to like feed them, make sure, uh, you know, fire wash the gear at lunch. And like my days were like long. Like I had like 16 hour days, and like 14 hour days. They were like long because in the morning I had to wake up, get the media, go to the airport. And then after the 12 hour day, drive back to the office, drop off the media, then I could go home. You know right. what I mean? So the days are long. So essentially I met um, the camera team there, uh, um, a, a lovely DP named Gurjeet Mann. And uh, he kind of inducted me and took me under his wing and was like, we li I like, like, you know, how you, how hard you work. And I just worked with him. He took me on a couple gigs, taught me how to like, you know, be a camera assistant, which is like, you know, get the, uh, and then being a camera assistant is being like, the right hand person. So there's two types of camera assistants. There's camera assistants right. in TV, and then there's the camera assistants in the feature world, which is a completely different world. They're very regimented, they're very militant. But in terms of TV, I became a camera assistant. I was a camera PA, then a camera assistant. And I think the, the nature of being a camera assistant in TV is it's under budget and there's not enough staff. So you end up picking up a camera all the time, right? It's like, oh, can you get the right. long shot? Oh, shoot the yeah, yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. Balance my gimbal for me. So you pick up all these little skills and then eventually it's like, oh, I'm a camera assistant. I got calls for other shows. And then all of a sudden I was assisting uh, on like a bunch of rental shows, a bunch of studio shows. So because of, you know, you're working and I did that for four or five years, you know what I mean? As a camera assistant working for all. How these, long was it from a PA to, to a videographer, uh, by the probably, way? Probably, probably uh, a year and a half as a PA. And then I mm. became a camera assistant. And nice. I bought my, my personal camera. I bought my camera probably uh, two years ago. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask you, do you bring your own equipment to these things? Uh, it depends on the show. Some shows, okay. rent. it all depends on the show. So like, I have my own package. Uh, like it, it, I have my own package for like little things. I do social media videos. Um, you know, I have an FS7. I have some mics. I have some lights, but this is just because I've acquired it over the years. Cause right. Of course. I, I, That's I, what I always tell people. Yeah, like exactly. when, when you start this business, you don't buy a red camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't like yeah. right, right away. You accumulate I, it. Yeah. I started with an A7S one that was beat the shit. <laughs> by the DP, the DP yeah, so yeah. he was my DP and he gave me a fucking great deal on it. And it was like beat to shit. And I, that was my first camera. And then, right. uh, but like really the, I didn't pick up my gear until like, like this, like the end of last year was when yeah, I which is crazy because I remember right? you from 2019. So that means all that time or 2018, all that time. I didn't in have between. Anything. Yeah. I didn't have yeah. anything. Um, so yeah, so I finished being a camera assistant. So I worked my way up and then I, um, I worked on this show called all around champion. 
uh, which was like a kid's show. I was a camera assistant. And then um, there was a new line producer and then they needed a digital producer. At this point, I've done a little bit of my own stuff. I had a tiny bit of a portfolio. Right. And and because we're young and we watch TikToks and we get social media. Of course. Archaic production companies don't get them. Um, They're like, hey, do you want to be the digital producer? So I ended up uh, coming back this January as the digital producer for the show. I had my own kit. I had my own audio. I had a tripod. And I was just acquiring this stuff for the show. And I guess that was kind of the moment I became a videographer or like a right. shooter because um, I was shooting my own stuff. And then after that, I went on to The Bachelor in Paradise, which just shot as a digital producer nice. as well. And uh, that's kind of where I just kind of fell into it. Do I want to shoot in the future? No. Do I want to be a no. camera person? No. Um, but I have the skill set. And now I'm moving on to a show that's a travel show. And nice. uh I'm the field producer. So I'm, I'm moving into a direction away from being a camera assistant, which right. I am um, trying to get away from. And the thing about this business, you kind of get shoehorned. It's like, oh, this guy's really good. He's a camera assistant. He can't do anything other than camera. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're always afraid of. Yeah. And how do you, so how do you move around like that? Is that because you have a conversation or they notice you? I, we're sales guys, right, bro? We, we, yeah, of we course. I know. You know how to talk. Time. Yeah. Negotiate. <laughs> I know. That's something I pride myself on more and more because I used to hate having, like, not hate, I should say, but yeah, I worked sales like six years right out of university uh, or, or even before that, like when I started at 18. And I was just like, oh, like all my friends are working different jobs, like the office job. They got, uh, you know, customer service rep at a bank. And I'm working like a sales job. Like I'm selling like jeans and whatever. And then my dad once told me like, yeah, but you have so much material and you have so much uh, know-how <laughs> to talk to people, right? Like those skills are so vital uh, in this business. I've learned yeah. it. I've learned it. Th- I've, I've learned it the hard way, man. Like if you don't know how to speak to someone, it's articulate your words, right? I mean, I mean, for me, how I was a camera assistant on set, I was talking to the previous digital producer and I thought, oh man, like, I love what you do. Like, that's so cool. I'd love to do it. Right. Oh yeah. I'm not coming back next season. You want me to put your name up? Like, hell yeah. (laughs) There you go. The line producer would come by and like, Hey, I heard that, you know, between you and I, and like, cause I'm not scared. I'm shameless. Right. Cause the sales guys are shameless. We don't care. Of course. Yeah. 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 You should buy this phone. You should buy this iPhone 12. We get, we get rejected all the time. That's why I loved working. I I should mention that's why I loved when you, you popped up that uh, literally that one time I only saw you once and you explain obviously your schedule on the podcast but uh we had the same mindset like we were both like gunning for uh clients like (laughs) we were just attacking them and they were always they rejected us but when we got a win it felt good and a lot of people don't even don't even know what it's like to 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 approach and uh get that turned down you know what i mean like some people were, were were rude but it it benefited us it made us stronger right that way the worst the line producer could have said is no saying we have somebody else in mind. And then that's the end of the exactly. story. But because I would like bother, and, and, and it's not like I said it once. I'd say it any time I saw her, you know, like, hey, oh, you know, next season, if next season comes back, you know. But see, I, I'm guy. glad you said, I'm glad you said that you meant you were persistent, right? Because I, you know, I, I can get in shit sometimes where people will say, uh, okay, you're, you're coming across too pushy and whatever. And there's a point, right? There's boundaries and things like that. But I think sales has taught me to be that way. Uh, to be very uh, persistent and always trying to wedge my way. Uh, because if you don't ask, you'll never receive, you know, like I'm the kind of guy that um, I've, I've met filmmakers uh, that offered to shout like, Oh, you want to shadow me? Like, you know, I, I, I could use your talent, whatever. And never replied back. And, you know, I would follow up. I would do this and would do that. But 
what I'm saying is that this is what I mean by the showing up is if you give it your all, if you do it, that's not your, it's, you can't be responsible for how they react to you, right? Like you did your part and they have to meet you halfway. And then that's how a collaboration is born. Right. So I think that's so important, man, uh, that you mentioned that with sales, how it benefited us for sure. Oh, dude, sales, uh, sales and customer service goes the probably is the hardest skill you can bring with you into anything in life, right? Yeah. It's, you, know, you don't take no for an answer. You're not scared of no. You're okay with, you know, asking questions. It's just, you're just asking a question, right? And exactly. So it's like, do you want the warranty with this? No. Well, I think you should get the warranty because X, Y, Z. I'm okay. Come on, man. It's like, you know, and like, you're always just working people. That's so true. Yeah. You're bringing me back to sales. Yeah. Cause it's been a while, but uh, yeah, I remember that it, it was like a, a part of the brain that switches, you know, like yeah. you just don't take no for an answer because no. you're, you're hungry for that, uh, that achievement. Exactly. And yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm just saying a lot of the times, like, I don't know if you're the same, but because at Bell, we obviously got a commission and that's for me, I made, I made a pretty, pretty good amount of money that I was able to invest in equipment. But I never, um, I never really thought of it uh, at face value. Like I never really thought of it first and foremost. It was always like an afterthought, like the commission. It was more about the uh, the points, like on the on the scorecard. You know what I mean? It was it was the it, it's because it's uh quantitative, right? It's the like, quantitative, yeah. You get a tick, and it's like dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. yeah. And then when I got and when I got the uh, and then when I got the uh, the paycheck, then I was like, oh, that's right, because I I hustled or whatever. But it was never like. Because some people were like calculating like, oh, if you sell five, you'll get 5% of it. And I'm like, I don't even think of that. I just say I'm selling five because I want five ticks. <laughs> right? So yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad you're the same way, man, for sure. The oh, dopamine yeah, no. levels skyrocket. Oh, dude, I, I loved it, man. Like, uh, I, I just like, I was an addict. That's why I kept the job because I loved being a sales guy. You know what I mean? And, and the funny part was, it's like, it's like a lot of my business came from sets. So I'd sell to like camera guys, sound guys, I'd bring them in and that's and sick. Like, you know, and there you go. Camera guys. Yeah, man. I that's why you killed like, it. Yeah. Always. All, yeah. And that was the only reason they kept me because I was able to bring in sales. So I'd be working on a show where there's like a hundred plus clients that I could possibly hit up while I'm working there. I bring like a couple in, I meet my targets. They're like, Oh, this guy kills it. You know, we got to keep I was going to say, that's what kept your store afloat. <laughs> <laughs> because of you <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and everything just yeah. said oh sang's yeah. gone that's yeah. it yeah. we don't have any videographers coming in for a new phone upgrade yeah, right exactly so yeah i mean i mean i think sales is is once again it's just like a hard skill and it's just not taking no for an answer being persistent and that's something you can carry with you for the rest of your life and i think yeah it's such a valuable asset for yeah. sure. and especially because you're you're like a you, you run your own business so now you're like you're quoting people you're pitching people. exactly yeah like, i'm dealing with all that yeah and even with the podcast i have to say it's a, it's it's the art of conversation right it's a form of sales in itself you know getting getting the guest on board right um, luckily I, with you, like we have a bit of a reputation and a history, like we know each other, but at uh, the same, I'm reaching out to people I've never talked to in my life. Right. I've only met through social media and that is sales in itself. Like, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? How, what, what can I offer you? What can you offer me? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, people don't realize it's all transactional as harsh or as uh, clinical as that might like cold that I calculated that might sound, but it's the reality. Um, everybody, you know, I wouldn't say they're not doing uh, something out of the good, greater good, but uh, you know, it's just human nature, right? We want to, you have to have an exchange with someone. You can't just say, take, 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 and then give nothing back. So it's been really helpful for sure. And um, yeah, this podcast has definitely taught me a lot um, and, and the freelance world. <laughs> that's why I enjoy talking with you, man, is because uh, you're one of the few people I know that's full-time freelancer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're just yeah. doing, like, this is your yeah. job, like just running around, like doing sets, sets, sets. 
um, a lot of people I know in the business, they have two jobs, right? They'll do the film and then they'll have, or do a film at night or on the weekends and then they'll have their day job, um, you know, at a bank or, you know, working at the corporate world. Right. So Dude, I, I did it for, I did it for uh, six and a half years, man. I had the second No, job. I know. But it was flipped because you, were you working Bell primarily or were you working Bell on the weekends? Uh, every year it, it changed. So first year it was like 60, 40, then it became okay. 70, 30, then it became right, like right, 80, right. 20. And, but like, I still worked there like a good, like I was still making like a good amount of money there. Like, let's say I was making like a, a, a quarter of my income, a third of my income. At yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps still like quite it's a spending bit. money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Still man. Quite and, a bit. But you made a very good point to me. You said, cause I asked you, I said, why, why would you stay here like once a week? Like, why don't you just focus full time on your, your freelance work? And you said you get the benefits, right? Yeah, and also, Bell also, offered amazing benefits. Yeah. yeah. But also why not? They weren't, they weren't like hindering me. It's like, it's like, if I could still go to, uh, like I could still go to like, um, I could still go to Florida to shoot a documentary and come back yeah. and I'd still have my job. I could still, you know, work on set on, uh, you know, HGTV show and that show shoots three days a week. I could shoot one day a week at the store and yeah. like, like it just didn't. No, for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. It's that, like you said, that, that work ethic, right. You have to have that hustle. I, I say more for looking out for your, your mental health when you said you were almost burning out. I said, what pushed you? And I remember, but I remember like, cause sometimes you have to be real with yourself and say, is it really worth it? Right. Cause if you're saying you have no breaks in between, you should allocate one day for yourself. Right. But what I'm saying is I, rem I remember working at Bell, like when I would go to a dentist office or for a physical, I would get benefits and it's a really good company that way. Right. And I remember you telling me like that was, uh, other than the fact that you loved working there. Um, that was a huge, huge benefit, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't have benefits as a freelancer unless you're in the union. Uh, so exactly. it was yeah. you have a partner who can put you on their benefits. Like you, it's just, you are you, are you, are you, uh, do you have benefits now? Are you in the union? Uh, no, no, no. I'm a freelancer, but I, oh, you're full my, freelancer. My, my, my partner thankfully works for, uh, like she works in healthcare. So I use her benefits now. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, so your girlfriend. Yeah. My girlfriend. Okay. Nice. Girlfriend, okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's so important to have, uh, <laughs> to have benefits that way for sure. Um, so we're, we're, you know, talking about all the glory of this business and, you know, uh, the great achievements, but I, I also want to know the other side, were there any setbacks, any challenges, particularly from your family, your friends, anyone giving you a hard time when you pursued this? Uh, I don't know. No one really gave me a hard time. I think like maybe my parents a little bit, just cause they're eight, like, you know, Vietnamese, they didn't mm -hmm. get it. They didn't know what I was doing when I first started, exactly. you know what I mean? Um, yeah but they never really pushed back like they were they were like i didn't have tiger parents by any means and i was a very yeah. independent person and and i and i've had so many jobs up to this level like i've worked in construction i i just was very independent had so many different types of jobs i worked in kitchens sales um i've worked you know deliveries street sales i've just done it all right yeah. um so they were there wasn't really any pushback for that i mean um you know, my relationship with my girlfriend sometimes could be a little rocky because of the business, but like yeah, we've worked, you know, we've worked past, we've worked past right. it. Like, like, nice. we, like I said, highest divorce rate. If you don't have a partner who's going to support you in this business. Yeah. They have to understand the business. Like when you're seeking a partner, a lot of people, um, I, I always be believe that you should be real and honest with what you do. <laughs> like you shouldn't bullshit them just to like, you know, be a sleazy way. Cause it's going to come back to you. Uh, they're going to say like, why are you spending so much time away from me? Like when you talk to them, you should say, I'm in the film business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a freelancer. I'm, right. Let's be honest. 
honestly dude like the best uh the best like cat like there's a couple camera guys i met and and they have the best lines it's like it's like they they're gonna love you when they first meet you they're gonna love you for your job yeah of course they're gonna hate you for your job yeah i believe it yeah everyone i talk yeah when i talk to a girl or guy like everybody just lights up but no one realizes like the dark side of the industry (laughs) like what really happens or, or what uh, you know, effect. Cause I know it, I'm sure it affected you, right? Like being in a relationship, I can only imagine. Right. And I was lucky, super fortunate. My girlfriend's the best. She, she's super supportive. She has my back. Like she's super supportive of my growth. But I'm saying how much of, how much of a pain in the ass would that be? If you're trying to, you're trying to do all that, all that, all those jobs you said, and you have someone that's like, why aren't you spending more time with me? Right. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> How that's amazing, it? man. How long have you been, been together, by the way? Uh, six, just six years. Uh, six, oh, that's six amazing. Years May, yeah. So she and was with just, you probably from the beginning, like with the film. So, business, huh? so yeah, no, I met her when I was doing my first job as a PA on Hello oh, nice. Bye. And uh, I was like, and, and you know, I was <laughs> working my 12, 13, 14 hour days. And then right. I'd go all the way to Mississauga after my day. We'd go hang out and we'd go eat. And then I'd have to go back to the set at like nine oh. in the morning. Oh, so shit. I, I know I was Good putting you, in man. the work. You made the sacrifices. In the, <laughs> you put in the work. work. And that's why she's that's why she's around, bro, because she sees that you put in the work. <laughs> that's it. Uh, uh, but you know, Good she was you, super supportive and, yeah. and she's she, and she's the only reason why I could get this far, like get as far as I can now, because like without her, my life would be uh, fucking shambles. Really? Because <laughs> why she structures yeah. it for you? Like she yeah. kind of gives you that motivation? No, she's just my rock, right? Like she's. That's like, what I'm I, saying. I, I, you're, yeah, that your muse, right? In a way, is that what they call it? Uh, my, yeah, I, 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 my muse. Yeah, she, she inspires me definitely, 100. percent Yeah. But she's definitely like my my foundation as well. Like you know, I can, I'm able to. Okay, like you know, for example, I came off a crazy show. I was there for 22 days straight. I came back. You know, I, I, you know, and I come in, okay, like all my gears everywhere, you know, like my clothes are everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, I have to like edit everything. And I'm just like, just unbelievable chaos when I roll in and she's able to just help me, um, you know, calm down and like, and get nice. everything in order for me. So, okay, well you need to do this and, and you're leaving on a trip. Do you have your passport? Do you have this? Do you nice. have that? That's so important. It, 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 and, and, and otherwise I would be in other oh, right. I, I, i'd yeah. still do it i'd still be doing it but it wouldn't be nearly i wouldn't be nearly as efficient as i am now you know so important to have that support system you just mentioned you edit so the, these videos you also edit for the for the companies uh it depends on like uh, so uh, as a digital producer i do a little editing um okay. like i just did a uh, i did a campaign which was uh ford community heroes uh which i was directing and producing and i worked with an editor for that um, it just depends mm. on the needs. I'm not like a strong editor. I don't have the attention span to sit at my computer and click clack away, but I yeah. definitely know how to use. Away, yeah. I know how to, I know how to like add lots. Like I know everything technical. I know technically I can edit, but do I have the attention span and the, um, once again, the talent, you know, right. that, that extra 15%, I don't have that. Right. But I definitely, right. if you said, Hey, saying, I want you to put together a 30 second social media video. For you, <clears> but yeah. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's not I something. Do. It's not like you're gonna be a, a an editor for a Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, no, I don't have that. I, I, I ideally for me, I want to be a producer. Uh, whatever right, that right. entails, whatever that entails, who's producer, you know. The and that's what I was gonna ask you, right? Like you're you're on the journey. You're you're a cinematographer, videographer, um, and your intention with film, like that's that's what you wanna 
uh, kind of manifest is the producer. You want to yeah. become the producer, yeah? Yeah. So no director, nothing, eh? Like writer. I would love to direct a TV show, like uh, like reality. Okay, cool. Reality TV is fun. Like I, I think it's uh, reality TV. I would love to direct one day. That'd be. I think that's a. Uh, I don't even know how you direct that because I'm. I, I thought it's real life, but you you probably see uh, the magic. Oh. The, the, right, you see the, the magic exposed. Like what what really happens? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I just like not to like ruin like reality TV for people, but it is real. Okay. In terms okay. of uh, it is real in terms of people's interactions. So let's say like, um, we'll use Renault shows because everyone knows them. So Renault sure. shows, like, oh, are you going to love it? Or are you going to list it? Or are you going to, are you going to break it down or whatever, whatever show you watch, Property Brothers, anything like that. Right. Um, it is real in the sense where like they're, it'll be the first time when they walk in the door, that's their first reaction. You know, oh my God, that's real. Um, are they getting their house renovated? Yes. Um, are we setting things up for sure? You know? Hey, just to let you guys know today, um, are, they're watching the beam go in, the beam falls and cracks their expensive model. Oh, they do it on purpose? No, 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 not on purpose. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, saying, okay. I'm just saying, but like that, that's reality, right? Like they'll be standing yeah. there, you're shooting and they're like watching this beam goes in, the beam falls. It's a hypothetical, right? That's right. real. Like we didn't plan that. Like we don't Okay, okay. So that is real. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, always imagine if it was contrived. Yeah. yeah. But but like in terms of like the the interviews, it's like, it's, you know, we like, for example, I'll be like, okay, hey, Daniel, how are you doing today? Uh, good. <laughs> good. Okay, great. Uh, so Daniel, so uh, let's talk about your podcast for a second. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about your podcast, Daniel. What's your podcast uh, about? Yeah, a podcast is a way to, you know, explore creativity, to talk, bring on guests, entrepreneurs, artists, talk about their journey and uh, share their intentions, why they're pursuing their craft. I really liked how you're talking about getting people to talk about exploring their crafts. Let's just do that again. But let's say my podcast is, a, so we produce. Oh, wow. We, we produce okay, okay. It, right. A little bit okay. in the sense where it's like, it's like we let it happen. And then we just kind of like reformat what they say. So wait, is that an editing or do you go back and like tell like an no, actor and tell it, them like, like no, oh yeah, we're, we're doing it. All, so like they do interviews, right? So we're doing like, uh, oh, the, the, yeah. the interview part. I'm thinking yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. other segment. Yeah, think yeah, Jersey yeah. Shore. Think Jersey Shore. They always. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, exactly. They're and the girl's like, I can't believe Jeremy. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's like, I can't believe like Snooki did this. And it's like, it's like, hold on. Uh, can you like give that to me again? Let's say Snooki. I can't believe Snooki did this because, and then the moments when they're talking to the audience. Okay. Now yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm always imagining like the, the action part the pieces where like yeah, there's the things stuff, happening the, that would stuff, be a little bit contrived. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff in situation usually is yeah, real situation. And then, yeah. and then the stuff uh, interviews is usually um, like, produced a little bit but it's real we, we still take the real answer yeah for sure you know for I mean? sure we, we, like, like we'll, we'll ask the question once they'll answer we didn't get what we liked if the story producer didn't get what they liked they'll just reformat the answer and and just try to get what they want right americans are a little bit uh more hardcore than the canadians like the yeah. americans will like hat like if you were on a dating show or something they will hammer you for hours until they get what they wanted you know what i mean oh i believe uh, but, it yeah yeah but yeah, the canadians 100%. canadians are a little bit we have a little bit more uh Genesic, a little bit more finesse, we'll say, right? But the right, right, right. will just sit you there and more gentle. hammer you yeah. all day long until they get what they want, right? Well, that's what I. That's why I, I immediately imagine. I'm glad you uh, specified, like, distinguished the two markets because um, the Americans, I can see them in productions, like, especially like you said, if it's a dating show, 
uh, a director like riling them up, like getting them like like a director, like a director, like a Stanley Kubrick did with uh, I can't remember Sharon. No, I'm not Sharon. The actress in Shining. He did like 200 takes. That's why on the 200 takes, she, she it made the movie because she looks like distraught and she's about to like she, she had a mental breakdown. Because imagine taking 200 takes with the same line, right? You he wanted her to look completely like out of control. Um, so I imagine that with the Americans, like the director having some part. Yeah, yeah right? it's, it's, like, it's like you have story producers, you have director, you have the director who's like in charge of like the overall, like on a bigger show, a multi-camera like yeah. show, it's like the directors, the story producers, there's like so many people working towards the same goal, right? It's such a collaborative effort. Uh, but yeah, like I wouldn't know, I haven't worked on like an American dating show yet. I've only worked on like one Canadian one and, and the Canadian ones are, are pretty cool. We're, we're pretty, we're pretty like, uh, my, that's why that's why Canadian TV isn't as good as American TV because Canadians are just a little different in terms of our uh, mannerisms and like. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that is that a cultural thing or do you think that's because of the regulations? No, it's a cultural thing. Canadians it's a cultural, are, right? Yeah, Canadians yeah, are more reserved. As, yeah, yeah, we're not as uh, rambunctious as the, the our yeah. counterparts. And you can kind of see it in the way like uh, like a Canadian produced show is made, right? Like it's very. It, it, even if it gets controversial it's not like it's not it, it, it's it's like a feel-good show like you can finish yeah. it and go to bed uh there will never be a like jersey shore in canada because canadians aren't like that you know no. what i'm trying to say and even if they try to be like you know i'm from vaughn even if they, they they're because i know a lot of italians like they go they they want to be those it's never to that extent they're always like oh no. sorry 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 bro i didn't mean that bro like you know what i mean like it's yeah. never to that yeah. extent like let me go talk to my nonna now and like it's not, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like those guys are balls to the wall crazy. Like they will, yeah, they, it's yeah. Just, it's just different, man. There's more of them. They're hungry for like the, the fame. Like it's just, they're, they're, they're like, once again, just culturally very different people in terms of that aspect. You're not going to have a Canadian like flip. Like they just won't, they, they'll nab like maybe like even like look at Big Brother Canada and look at Big Brother USA. You know what I mean? And you can watch the two shows side by side and you'll see how they're, and like, you can just see the, the, the tiny cultural differences, right? It's I'm just, curious. Yeah, I'm curious now because we're on this subject. Like when you look at Canadian celebrities, uh, you got Bieber, you got Drake, you got The Weeknd. Do you see a transition because they're part of that LA culture or uh, are they Canadian? At, at this point, like they're American at this point. They live there, they work there. Like sure, they may have Canadian like uh, tendencies. Like Ryan yeah. Reynolds is a, is a really great um, example because he's like, you know, he's super Hollywood CEO of different companies. My hero, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, great know, guy. A, a great guy. So I, I, fun fun story, reason why I love Ryan Reynolds. Just okay, tell part. me. Um, yeah. When I was working at Bell, I did a TIFF Lightbox event and he had a movie there and he came oh. and so we were trying to sell shit at the TIFF Lightbox. Yeah. But at the red carpet, he walks on, spends about 10, 15 minutes taking photos with his fans, signing autographs, all that, goes in, comes back out the back to spend another... 10, 15 minutes signing autographs and taking pictures with his fans. That's no what I want Most celebrities, five yeah. minutes got and gone. He came back out the back after his premiere to to address his fans, dude. Like that that was the moment I was like, okay, this guy, this guy's dope. Like I, I gotta I, give this I, mad great respect. and great and great. Uh, we were on the subject of sales, marketing is sales. That's isn't that amazing marketing? Let's say like he he sure. deep down doesn't want to do it. You know, guys making Deadpool movies, guys, you know, uh, wants to make a name for himself. Isn't that smart? Leave an impression on people, right? That's his brand. I just, 
I just think that he's a really nice guy. I uh, yeah, I think I, it's I, I think it's genuine. I just I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. like even if you want to be smart about it, like that's what I'm saying is that it kills me with these celebrities is like Gary Vee, right? You, I'm sure you're you're a fan of him too. Um, you know, what better way to stay relevant than by connecting and actively seeking your fans and 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 having that correspondence with them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you make a you make a film and then you just like disappear. No, why don't you have that engagement? Why don't you reach out? Why don't you you maybe comment in the comment section, right? Like to the ones that are at least uh, nice about it. And I'm glad you brought up that story though with Ryan Reynolds because similar story with me, uh, when I was at TIFF, I wanted to go see Rush uh, with Chris Hemsworth. And um, I didn't get in because it was sold out immediately. So my family was like, it's okay. We'll just like, you know, check. We, we go down there every time. I, I volunteer now, but before we used to just hang out uh, around the TIFF Bell Lightbox. And uh, we're at Roy Thompson Hall. That was the premiere. And I was just standing around the red carpet and I'm saying, okay, I never will come close to a celebrity, whatever, but I'm curious if I'll see them get out of the car, like from a distance. Cause I was all the way in the back. And then for some reason I, I ended up moving my way up, uh, up to the, the front of the rail. And then the first car pulls up and everyone starts freaking out. It's Chris Hemsworth. It's Thor. Right. <laughs> and you know, he smiles, he gives a smile, comes across as a really down to earth kind of guy. Right. Everyone's going crazy. But from where I'm standing, man, it's kind of like at the entrance point, like it's all the way in the back. So I'm thinking he's not, even if he is going to sign, he's going to sign probably at where the, near the tent. He ended up coming all the way to the back, like the area that's like so dark where like two security guards had to come because it was just a sketch kind of spot. And he like signed every single one of them going up the rim, all the way to the tent, bro. It, it was amazing. I wish I could have a visual for you to show you like how many, then I thought he was done. He does this side, this huge, this, this long way. And people are tapping on his shoulders. Wife's waiting patiently, by the way, very classy woman. That's what I love. Like that, that power couple, that power dynamic, not, you know, I'm tired. I want to go inside. Like, you know what I mean? Just waiting patiently, talking to the publicist. Then he goes to the other side <laughs> and he does the same thing all like, like just waiting patiently. And it's not even like he's signing it, like, you know, uh, begrudgingly, like, he's just like, oh, I don't want to do this. He's like asking small, like small talk. He's like, Hey, how's it going? Like just very subtle, very small, uh, like small talk, nothing fanatic. And what I'm saying is that in contrast, so while he's doing all this, you know, again, everyone's different. I don't know their personality. Maybe they're extremely introverted. But again, if you're making a hundred million dollar movie and you want people to watch it and want people to see it at the very least, like connect with your, your fans and people that showed up. So Ron Howard, you know, great director, but at the same time he showed up and he went inside. So I'm like, okay, we, we, that, that's one <laughs> Daniel Brohl shows up waves goes inside. Right. We're like, okay. And, and, and keep in mind, this isn't happening after Chris Hemsworth. This is happening while Chris Hemsworth is signing all these audio. So I'm laughing my head off. Like, are you not seeing your colleague, like what he's doing? <laughs> and then who else was it? Oh, I think who else was that? Oh yeah. Olivia Wilde was in it. She signed like five and then she went inside. So I don't know what her, her deal was. I think some people are late. And that was, yeah, that, that, that for me, man, he, he stuck it out even while all his colleagues were, you know, just getting dropped off and going straight inside. And it left an impact on me all these years later, that movie came out in 2013. And I always remember that, like, obviously I don't know how he is in real life, but I got a really good impression that day. And uh, yeah. No, he's a good guy. I know he's a good guy in real life. Like, you know, just like, you know, like at the end of the day, celebrities are humans too. Like we shouldn't like, you know, they, they should be able to be regular humans and not do no, for like, sure, man. this kind of stuff all the time. But also like, it's, it's refreshing to see when, when somebody does, like when someone cares and, and, you know, clearly, um, clearly like these are two guys that are class acts and they, they're awesome. You know what I mean? No, but I understand you made a good point. I understand if they're like, um, cause I thought about that. Right. And you know, you know me, I'm, I'm pursuing that path. Like 
that that's always been a dream of mine since I was a kid, like a celebrity director. But I'm always imagining like, you know, these guys must have it tough. Like imagine eating at a restaurant or you're on a date or you're just like hanging out with a friend and someone's just like bombarding you or like you don't know if they're a psycho or whatever, right? That I understand for sure. But these events, this is your work. <laughs> this, you know what I mean, buddy? Different. It's different. It's yeah, different. yeah. Different. And my mom once told me something that always stick with me and says, these guys, they don't want this. Then they return everything back and they live and they live like us, like a regular job. But you want to live that life. You want to make the millions. You want to, you know, have the fame, the vanity, whatever. You have to deal with all this because these people are what made you. And it's true. Like these people are what we, we decide who's famous and who's not. We're the market, mm -hmm. right? How many actors do we know? Uh, sorry, how many actors are, are out there hustling that we don't know? We don't know because we haven't made them big yet. We decide, not them. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I just think it's so important that uh, if anyone pursues that path or if anyone ends up in that, that position, they remember that, you know? And uh, as a record on this podcast, uh, you can hold it against me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really fun time talking to you, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of things that I've learned from you. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping you, you come on the podcast again, share your journey. I'm hoping we'll have more stories to tell. Of I'm sure course, of it. Man. Yeah. I, I, it's I, a, love, I love talking. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's <laughs> when I met you again at Bell, I remember like, cause I was always known for known to be like a talker. Cause that's what kept me sane. I'll be honest. Like when there was no customers or it was just dead, um, like nothing to do. And then when you were there, you were just talking like a mile a minute and I was trying to keep up with you. And I'm just like, you know, like, I love this because it's making the time go by so fast <laughs> and you know what I mean? But you're also learning so much at the same time. Yeah. You, but, but, I, but I felt you for that. Like, I know why you were doing it. It's, it's to keep the mind agile. Like, let's, let's keep I, going. Let's just, keep going. Like, you know what I mean? I think, I think I like, you know, one of my mentor directors, uh, he said on this production meeting once he's like, he's like, uh, I'm going to be in your ear. Uh, you know, I love the sound of my voice and guys, it's gonna get a bit much, but I promise you, it's gonna be a good time. And right, he's right. like, he's one of my, uh, like one of my mentors, one of my favorite people to work for, work with. Like he's just such a solid individual. And um, yeah, you know, he just loves the sound of his voice. So I think I'm like that too some, sometimes. There you, you go. <laughs> yeah, and you found, you clearly found someone uh, that, uh, you know, appreciates your voice just as much, right? She doesn't yeah. give you a hard time with it? No, she thinks I talk too much too. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's your rock but it's like calm the fuck down <laughs> um before we go I, I wanted to ask you though uh the boys sunday with the boys podcast uh, i thought that was a lot of fun uh you started it yourself or was it with your your friends uh, yeah so Joint effort? um uh, it was it was uh oh, man we were sitting because because one of the guys was my co-worker um actually everybody on that podcast worked at at bow actually at, at oh, nice. some point okay. in their lives okay. right yeah, so yeah. um it was, one of, it was one of my boys. We were sitting in the back. He worked at the store with me. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, we should do a podcast. And he's like an entrepreneur. He's a real estate agent now, but like, you know, he was an entrepreneur, side hustle, like, you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, we should do this. I'm like, yeah, why not? And then my buddy Jerome, who's like an, uh, who's one of my editors to this very day, he edits a lot of my work and stuff like that. Nice. Um, he had, I'm, I'm like, oh, Jerome, Jerome would be down. He's into this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And um, so we started it. We're like, yeah, I, I made the concept. I made the Bible because I've worked on TV. So I made a format for the show, um, which which I which was uh, the idea. The original idea was like share a beer with the boys uh, as they figure out how to navigate through their 20s. And the idea was self-help, motivation, side hustle. Like it was this idea that like, you know, 
on you know, we're here to decompress we're here to talk about things that guys can't talk about mental health dating uh dressing you know that was the original idea and like you know chasing and, and also like chasing passions and kind of similar to what you yeah yes yeah. but more For like sure. side hustle-y kind of things like what, what, yeah, what's yeah, your yeah. what's your side hustle and that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. idea of the podcast and it worked right it was fun i had a yeah, blast, yeah yeah but we just had conflicting ideas and, and conflicting efforts you know what i mean it's oh, really hard okay. to to run a podcast with four people yeah and and, and, and especially four like a type personalities who mm -hmm. all have a different idea of what it For is sure. um so it kind of just so it wasn't out. the pandemic it was more of a creative it, it, it was it was a combination oh. of things because okay. we were doing it up until and then the pandemic hit and then we just it just kind of fizzled out um yeah. because like you couldn't do the field trips anymore but i'm thinking more so to make it a seasonal because like we tried to make it weekly and then we tried to make it bi-weekly and it's just a lot of fucking work yeah know? especially you with know? your schedule that you just described yeah it's a lot of, it's a lot of freaking work to to put yeah. together a podcast people don't understand that people think oh you just record and talk but like you know i have to produce it i have to get talking points i have to uh, get the talking points to my hosts we got to edit it we got to plan the field trips we got to go shoot the field trips and we got to edit everything and try to turn that around in a week when everyone has a day job i'm on set it was just it just became too much hopefully now that the pandemic is kind of like rearing its head i'm going to try to make it seasonal so maybe like do 10 episodes at a time shoot it all you know edit it all and then release it and then shoot it all edit it all release it and i think that's cool yeah that's a cool idea yeah, for sure I, or find just, find like a period because i'm sure there's a downtime uh in a year that like for film or is it always consistent uh yeah there's downtimes you know what i mean and now that i don't and now that i don't work at foul maybe i can put some time but that's what i'm saying right like it yeah like i don't know i'm just imagining because you know how it is in in hollywood right there's they, they always say the summer is usually when there's not a lot of work going on um uh, it's, it's like opposite, opposite. or is it opposite yeah it's winter here that is slow winter's slow right but what i'm saying is like in television right you know how like they do their seasons like you were explaining uh like snl they'll run from october to may mm -hmm. and then in the summer they are not doing anything right so i'm saying if you were working for snl that would be your downtime right like you would do in the summer you would yeah. record all these podcasts and then put them out throughout the year while you do your jobs but yeah exactly it's all about balancing your schedule for sure and i'm yeah. so glad you said that it, doing a podcast like i took this upon myself because i was like second lockdown i'm like gotta figure out something else to do because i'm <laughs> i'm bored out of my mind i'm tired of being home you know what i mean it was the winter so i started this podcast and uh you just get hooked man and you get sucked into it but between editing um you know i don't do field trips but i do clips right so i have to go through yeah. each podcast yeah. and do clips um and again, I started, so I, I started the podcast, uh, you know, interviewing some buddies and I tried to make it like organic, like shoot this shit. Hey, what's going on? Like, yo, nice haircut. Is that a, is that a ball in the back of your room? What's going on? And I realized it became still very fast. In fact, the guest was getting more annoyed, um, to a point where the guy was like, I don't know. And I'm like, you just said, I don't know. Like if someone's listening to this, they're not going to want to like, they're going to think you're not engaged. And he's like, sorry, man, I'm just tired, whatever. And I realized there's no structure to it. There's no overview, right? So exactly. that's why I provide these questions, right? I give you guys in advance. Obviously, we can talk about, look at us. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, uh, you have a sensibility of like, what do you want to talk about? What's the conversation? Like, yeah. yeah. You circle back to, right? It's, it's, you, you circle you gotta, back you, to it. You got, you got to produce it. You know, you got to, you got to yeah. have a, a little bit of structure. Like with the Sunday with the boys, we had a very, like, it was a very, it was very structured. It was because we were a weekly podcast we wanted to start off with current events and then segue into different topics and then from those that. different topics from those different topics you go on a field trip 
to to uh, to explore the topics you talked about. So hypothetically, it's like, oh, uh, news of the week, Daniel's podcast blew up. Yeah. You know, first first topic, it's like, oh, you know, like how's your how's your dating life? It's like, oh, is Tinder racist? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we're all a bunch of Asian guys, right? It's like, it's like, what? Well, how's your luck on Tinder? It's like, I'm not a tall white guy, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then right, and right. then you have a segment where you do like like Tinder or something like that, right? You do a field trip and you go out and you do streeters or whatever. I really enjoyed it because because what we did was we took one podcast and we were able to funnel multiple streams of content. Right. Yeah. So not only are you getting a podcast, you're getting a YouTube video, you're getting yeah. uh, Instagram clips. Right. So it was this idea. It's like I shoot it once. I get four products from it. That's exactly that's that's exactly because people would say to me like, oh, this isn't video. Right. When they first started doing these with me, I said, no, it's video. Why not <laughs> post it on YouTube, post it on TikTok, post it everywhere. Right. Uh, and clearly it's been getting much a lot of great reception, especially on my Instagram, uh, because people want to see people's faces. And uh, a lot of people were making a lot of excuses, you know, saying, oh, the quality is not good. You should do like a camera and whatever. And I'm like, well, with the circumstances right now, uh, all that matters is the content. Because I don't know about you, man, but as long as it sounds, you know, clear and as long as I can see, you know, visually like what's happening, um, I, then I care about what's being uh, presented. You know what I mean? Like too many times, even if the flashy editing or, or you know, uh, spectacular visuals, there's no substance to it. You know what I mean? So story will always prevail uh, along with sound. And when you have those two uh, perfected, then, then you can carry on and you have something you can work with. But um, yeah, with the Zoom call, like that, that's why I set it up through this is because I wanted this platform to be convenient. You have a very busy schedule, right? Let's be honest. To come to my house, if I have a studio set up to film it, right? That's an hour. Then you got to leave. And you, you're looking at about three hours out of your day. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I probably, from the looks of it, man, I don't think I'll ever go to a studio unless I'm like established or unless I have like the budget for it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think that once again, with the podcast, it's like, you know, when we first started Sunday with the boys, it was never about hitting it. It was always just about keep on creating, keep on. That's, that's it. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on. And, and that's that what outlet. I'm saying. Yeah. Because what I'm saying, what, what I'm trying to get at is a lot of the guests that I've had on, I kind of had a revelation where it's like, I wouldn't have had nearly half of them, if not more, um, if it wasn't for this Zoom platform call. Because so many people are busy, so many people are doing their own thing. I'm at that age, I'm 26, that you know, I have friends that have girlfriends, they, they, like just people are, have lives. And a lot of people I, I talk to as well on the podcast are not from Toronto. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't, I'm not Joe Rogan where I can fly them out, whatever. But what I'm saying okay. is that okay. anyone that okay. wants to, exactly right. But anyone that wants to do a podcast, you know, don't, you don't have to be Joe Rogan when you start, you know, I'm using a Yodo mic that I got for like 80 bucks on Amazon. It's yeah, not that's a, we, that's what we started. We started with like these. That's like a, yeah. Mics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know yeah. I actually started with Apple headphones <laughs> and I kept hitting my collar. So it would make like this uh, scratchy noise. And I was like, I have to throw those. Yeah, exactly. I was getting into a deep conversation. I was waving my hand like Italian style. And it was like, and I'm like, I have to delete this episode because no one's going to hear anything. Right. Anyway, you live and learn trials and tribulations. Right, buddy? Yeah. No, but I, hey, man, like I, 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 like I said, I rate you 100%, man. Like it's, it's Thanks, hard. Brother. It's hard out there, bro. It's hard out there starting your own production company, running a podcast. Like there's a reason why I don't like my production company is my side hustle because right. I would rather work for other people because I can actually make a living. Doing it yourself is so hard and I have so much respect. And Thanks, buddy. Yeah. 
for people who are doing it themselves and 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 trying and putting themselves out there and, and just like it's it's just I have like I'm all I'm a super supportive guy you know what I mean thank you yeah yeah you are you are but nothing what, what I should mention though is like nothing is uh guarantee nothing is like forever kind of thing right like what, what I should explain to the audience is uh I was in a situation where I wanted to kind of tap into my creativity and focus full time on it because I felt like when I was at Bell, I wasn't working a production, working for a production company. Like I had jobs, but they were very far in between. And my mind was more so in Bell than it was in filmmaking. And every time I went to a networking event, every time I was on set or every time I would you know come in contact with someone that was in the business, I realized like, I wouldn't say how far behind, but just how out of touch I was <laughs> with, with the, with the industry. Like I just didn't have anything to show for. And for anyone that's listening, for anyone that, you know, has this, this, uh, passion, this unnerving passion to, to create something for themselves, like a legacy or, or pursue the arts in any which way, I believe I really do that. You have to give yourself like the time, like you said, to just reflect and focus and ask yourself the daring question of what do you want? Because so many people, man, they just get caught up in these things where it's like, I have to get this, I have to do this because society tells me this, or by this stage, I have to do that. And they never really dare to ask that question. Does that make sense to you, man? Yeah, you know, like, sometimes you gotta, you gotta look within and, 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 and just take a break and go, okay, what is it that I really want to do? Am I happy? Um, and, and just jump in, man. Like, it's just, just dive in. And for those out there who want to get into this type of business, if I can give any advice to y'all, um, once again, minus showing up on time, being attentive, all that kind of stuff. Just do it. Like, what, yeah. what do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, if you want to go shoot a short film, go pick up your DSLR and go shoot it, edit it, put it on YouTube. Who cares if anyone sees it, right? Practice makes perfect, right? I mean, sorry. Uh, sorry. What's the, the saying is, it's not practice makes perfect. Uh, there's no... Uh, practice makes perfect perfect makes practice ah, practice doesn't make perfect practice is just practice right yes you know exactly I mean? yeah you're gonna you know you know as you, you see on my instagram i'm a bit of a boxer i've been boxing for three years yeah, yeah i, I didn't get i didn't get anywhere near as, like you know two years ago i wasn't as good as i am today and i'm still not because i wouldn't consider myself good but i'm so much better when i first started yeah you know what i mean and i equate my boxing journey and kind of my boxing journey and my filmmaking journey i put it side by side because you're in there, you're putting in that work, you're getting in the ring, you're getting hit, you're, put, you're putting on the clicks, you're running, you're lifting your weights, and you may not see it today, you may not see it tomorrow, but when you get to look at the first thing you've made or the first clip of you hitting pads and you look at yourself now, you see the, the difference, you know what I mean? You're gonna see yeah. the difference from when you make your first little short, your first little TikTok, till you make your, your, your TikTok now. It's just yeah. time and experience, man. People have been doing it for years. Quentin Tarantino, I know he started in a video store and I know he was kind of like special and lucky. You know what I mean? He was a talented individual. He's that, that 10% we talk about. He had that 10% sprinkle on him. Yeah, but, yeah. And but, he even says uh, it himself on the Joe Rogan podcast. He yeah, keeps saying exactly. I'm very lucky. And Joe Rogan's like, well, I want to you know, chalk it up to luck. There's also courage. He's like, but, but he, I'm glad he said it. He's like, but let's be honest, I am lucky because lucky. what filmmaker do you know, you know, has that much creative control and trust and, and the producers have that much trust where they let him do whatever he wants. And it's so true, man. Like I was even thinking about that for myself. Like, let's say everything goes well and I, I make a name for myself. Like Martin Scorsese, I don't know if you know the story, the Irishman, he couldn't even get funding from a, a major studio. He had to go to Netflix because they thought it was too long. And I said, Martin Scorsese, the guy's pushing 80. He has so many Oscars under his belt. He has a 40, 50 year career a legacy he's turned so many people into like legends 
and you can't give him a budget to film a hundred million dollars to film a three-hour epic he had to go to netflix bro because universal paramount no one wanted to give him the budget is that insane i can't wrap my head around that it's insane i mean it was just even in this business too it's like you can be like you could have made five hit TV shows, yeah, and then you'll go to the network with your next hit TV show. I'm like, no, we just don't. Uh, it just doesn't fit. Ah, uh, you know, I don't like this. It just doesn't work. It's like, uh, what can you do, right? So, so once again, just just do it, guys. Get out there, go shoot your stuff, and everybody's you know, gonna go, and everybody's go gonna have fun with it, enjoy it, you know. And if there's one thing I can mention too is that uh, what I've learned is everyone's gonna have something to say, whether you make it, whether you don't. There's always gonna be a comment, right? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? You know what I mean? like, no, I'm saying who cares, I mean, but I'm saying is back to what you're saying about go up there and, and post your video. If no one sees it, it's like, even if people do see it, they're still going to make comments about it. Like it should have been shot this way. It should have been color graded this way. Yeah. Everyone's exactly. a director. Everyone's a director until they're in the hot seat and then see what happens. <laughs> see, watch you crash. You know how much stress it is to be the person in charge? It's not easy. Oh yeah, buddy. You have to, it's problem solving one-on-one, just nonstop. Yeah. Every yeah. two seconds. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. Makeup's yeah. falling off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's stressful man it's not it's and then you gotta go to the editing and realize uh do we I, have the I, right shot <laughs> i missed this shot oh i didn't get the close-up exactly right this. yeah uh, why is the lighting in the back i'm dealing with a post-production shoot right now where i'm like okay half of these shots are are, are not usable because i wasn't uh, paying attention to the blocking <laughs> you know what i mean like you just but again people are so learn. But people are so afraid but, but that's what i'm saying is like i was very hard on myself not gonna lie i was like yeah. angry like how did this happen but it's like, hey, if you didn't go through that, you wouldn't have known for next time, right? Or you can't even say to yourself, I, try, I gave it my all, right? So, no, you, you have to make mistakes. How are you going to learn? You're not going to be perfect every time. Yeah. You're not going to be the yeah. best. Like, even me, who's had like, a pretty decent career, I've made some mistakes. You know yeah. what I mean? I've made some mistakes. And I, I, there's times where I wanted to puke. I, I lost the card on a TV show once. Oh, so shit, part, yeah. part of my job was like imagine. jumping the footage. I was working right, like 12, right, hour, right. 12 hour days. And at the end of the day, I had to take all the footage and back it up. And right. in my sleepy, sleepy haze, I like don't know what I did. And I lost the card. Like, do you know how fucking frightening that is how many like, millions of dollars is on the line yeah well, I, yeah yeah hundreds of thousands or hundreds of thousands i should yeah, say yeah. Canadian, television. Yeah, Canadian television <laughs> yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars like yeah. you lost the card dude like like to go so what face, happened uh, what else could happen it just, oh, no no i'm saying oh so the no the card actually is is lost like it, it was well no, i didn't like physically lose the card but like oh, okay. when i was like dumping the footage to the hard drives like i must have misclicked or an error right. happened and i didn't catch it because i was because you work at 12 because they work you like like so bad yeah yeah industry. yeah of course like, you work yeah. you go you 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 fly into a city you load all the gear in you load it out you put it in your <laughs> van you drive to the hotel you load it into your hotel you build all the cameras you sleep you wake up you load the van again you shoot all day long <laughs> shoot all day long and then you have to bring the gear back to the hotel load the gear into the hotel and then charge batteries clean the cameras and start dumping footage by the time you finish dumping the footage it could be six hours in from your from when you fucking got back three hours in, four hours shit, in. Yeah. and like you, you're at hour 18 and at the very beginning these guys didn't care they gave me slow hard drives there was no ssds you know what i mean and these hard drives are taking fucking forever so i ha- and for me to stay keep up with the the dumping of the footage yeah, yeah. Um, i had to set an alarm every hour while i was sleeping to wake up and flip cards so obviously you know 3 a.m in the morning eh, 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 you wake up you're like uh, uh, uh you know and mistakes are gonna happen i i at the time 
as a young individual first I must at the time as a young camera assistant new to the job um I took I took it really hard man like like I, yeah. I, I I was stressed I felt like I wanted to puke I was like I was just so in my head um but why am I stressing for fucking millionaires who don't give a shit about me you know what I mean who who didn't yeah. who didn't set me up for success who are abusing me you know what I mean so and so with that experience I come onto the show I'm working on now I'm a field producer and I'm trying to look out for this person who's doing nice. the job that I used to do. Yeah. And I see the holes and I see, I see the issues with the situation and I'm like, yo, we need this. We need... So, you know, you Good literally you, learn yeah. and, 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 and I will yeah, never passive... ever... pay forward, man. Yeah. Pay forward. That's, that's really respectable of you. I love that. I love that noble cause for sure, man. And uh, that's all we can do, right. Is, is uh, make sure that we learn from our mistakes and um, make them better for uh, improve on them for the next time. Right. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, man, having said that, I really appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Uh, not back, I should say first time, but I want to see you back on the podcast, um, you know, discuss your journey um, whenever you're free again. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you making time. Uh, you have a busy schedule, but uh, I admire what you do, man. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, want to just keep creating and, uh, you know, keep showcasing our, our work uh, to each other and to the audience. Right. I think it's so yeah, important. Daniel, like I said, once again, so much respect, so much admiration. Thanks, as much buddy. as you respect and admire me, yeah, I, yeah. I admire you way, way more. My job's easy. I get I I get paid every week. Someone pays me to do what I do. For you, man, like you don't see the the fruits of your of your no. you know work. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so, not monetary. It's more more of a value thing. Um exactly. like I do see like recognition, things like that. But yeah, it's definitely a a mind game for sure. You have, it, it's grueling. It, it's gonna come one day it's thanks buddy i appreciate it yeah it. you're gonna hit it it's gonna come and thank you for having me on i, I of love course it. man of course when sunday with the boys comes back uh definitely uh gonna have you on we're gonna do a field yeah trip i'd love to be a fun. guest oh, i'll oh, even dude. come on a, i'll even come on a field trip bro and just like oh, oh, sorry oh, you know me oh, i'll be very 100%. charismatic and joking around and whatever 100 we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll make uh like you know i'll plan an episode about maybe filmmaking and stuff and maybe yeah yeah Maybe we'll we'll have a short film shoot off between you and me. Or yeah, something. or something like knows? that. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, we'll figure it out, right? But Definitely, you know, man. it was such a blast to be here, man. And and thank you for having me and the audience. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, you know, you can follow me at Sang the Producer on Instagram. Yes. And uh, I will, uh, you know, see you guys again. Yes. Thank you again, Sang. Thank you everybody for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care.